0: Some people set out to write a hit song. Others have a hit song thrust upon them. The latter was the case for rapper Coolio, who recorded his biggest hit in one afternoon. In 1995, while attending a barbecue at his manager, Paul Stewart's house, Coolio was asked to rap on a song that singer LV had been working on with producer Doug Rashid that same day. Coolio freestyled an intro for the song and sat down to quickly write out the rest of the lyrics. Quote, this song wanted to be born, it wanted to come to life, and it chose me as the vessel, said Coolio. The song was born thanks to a bit of luck and negotiating skill from both Stewart and Coolio. Stewart had managed to get two movies interested in featuring this single, Bad Boys and Dangerous Minds, with the song eventually going to the highest bidder, Dangerous Minds. Before the song could be sold to a film, though, it had to be sold to the musician whose work was heavily sampled in the track, Stevie Wonder. The Coolio LV collaboration featured the unmistakable riff of a song Stevie Wonder put out almost 20 years earlier, in 1976, on his 18th studio album, Songs in the Key of Life. The song hadn't been a massive commercial hit for Wonder, or even a single, but that didn't stop him from turning down the new track initially. Quote, When Stevie heard it, he was like, no, no way, I'm not letting my song be used in some gangster song. So that was a problem. And it just so happened that my wife, she knew Stevie's brother. She made a call to him, got a meeting with Stevie, and talked him into it. His only stipulation was that I had to take the curse words out. I had two pieces where I had the N-word in it, and two places where I was like, fucked in the ass, or something like that. And Stevie said that if I'd take that out, he would sign off on it, recalled Coolio. Rewritten, the Coolio song went on to feature prominently in Dangerous Minds, as well as the Billboard Hot 100 charts, where it spent three weeks at number one and nine weeks at number two. The song has received countless accolades over the years, including a Grammy Award for Best Rap Solo Performance and an MTV Music Award for Best Rap Video in 1996. In honor of Coolio's passing, we are talking about his number one hit, Gangster's Paradise, and the Stevie Wonder song that made it possible, Pastime Paradise, on Cover Me.
1: in spending most of their lives living in a paradise. And spending most of their lives living in a pastime paradise.
0: That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one is living for the future. I'm your host as always, The Snake, joined by my mutated co-host...
2: Well, Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. Ah. Ah. What's going on, Alex? Uh, strange things. Strange things are going on. Mm. Politically. Political in my province, in Alberta. I, I blinked, we have a new premiere. Um... Uh but like I'm I'm making banana bread later so I think it's all good. It
0: balances out. That banana bread is going to heal the nation.
2: Yeah. The same Hopefully not the province. nation of Alberta because that's one of the things she wants to do <laughs> <That's> actually.
0: <laughs> well, let's hope not but in case maybe make an extra banana bread. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe two two banana <laughs> breads. Two
0: will kind of help. <laughs> help smooth things over. Well, that's crazy Alex. We have a municipal election coming up here in Vancouver and I need to figure out Who's doing what? Because I've missed two of the advanced voting dates. Because I still don't really know. I think today's the next one. Maybe I'll do a little, uh, little research later a today.
2: Research. Yeah.
0: Because man, I do not know. But hey, that's it for politics. The weather's great out here. How about there in Calgary, Alex?
2: Okay, no, good stuff. We, we're having a, a warm October, man. Um, ain't I you. got a little like Google reminder of like, look at a picture you took. I think it was four years ago, three or four years ago, and it was like October 4th, and it was just ground covered in snow. Yeah. And we haven't had that. So, so quite, That's Calgary especially
0: warm. volatile yeah. for weather. Like, yeah. I, I, In Vancouver, it's like, oh, it's either rainy or it's sunny. It's like, okay, well, it's one or two. <laughs> Calgary, anything's on the table, man. Hey. Yeah.
2: We haven't even had snow yet. I, I, I would have. I was like, until like a week ago, I was like, why would I need to get my winter tires put on? But it's like, it's mid-October, you know? <laughs> Usually yeah. that's when I want to start doing that, but it's like, still nice. You're talking to the
0: wrong guy about this. Never put on winter tires in my life. Okay. Well, All seasons, all year. Coming does say it. all seasons on it.
3: That's
2: true. That includes winter.
0: Yeah, and I get the Mud and Snow ones, which are like better than your regular All Seasons, but still not as good as Winter Tires. But I'm still alive, so hey, if I can do it, if I can make it in this city with All Seasons, anyone can. That's what I say, Alex. Alex, we're talking about, like, we're basically talking about three artists this week.
2: Yeah, pretty much. There's there's three distinct-ish versions of this song. Mm-hmm. Um, and each with a bit of history behind it.
0: Some of yeah. them connected to each other. I mean, they're all connected to each other because yeah. it all stems from Stevie Wonder's Pastime Paradise. Right, um, Alex, let's talk about our familiarity with these things. Because I didn't know until listening to a Patti Smith album of covers that Pastime Paradise was the original song.
2: I didn't know Gangsta's Paradise well enough to really know that, but I have listened to songs in the Key of Life a couple times, so like I well, kind of okay. recognize. I didn't make the connection, but there was mm. always like a weird sense of familiarity. Right. And I mean, obviously when Gangsta's Paradise was in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer, trailer. that's right. It, it was being talked about at the time and that was maybe when I learned it around then, but Okay. But like Stevie Wonder is like a really interesting artist because it's not one that I know much about because I grew up in like classic rock radio and all right. they play on that is Superstition. That's the only Stevie Wonder song you're ever going to hear. But this guy was so insanely prolific from such a young age. Like, yeah. Like, he's 72 and he was active at the same time as a lot of artists who are like 10 years older than that. Like right. he was young and like, what did you say? This was like a 16th album or something 18th. like that? 18th album? In 76. And he yeah. was 26 or something like that. Like, yeah, that's insane. 18 albums <laughs> by 26. Like, that's insane. And a lot of them are very well regarded.
0: Mm hmm. Um, this one particularly yeah. cuz it's it's a standout album even amongst his he's known for a more like joyful vibe overall mm-hmm. and you would even think with the name songs in the key of life like we're getting like some joy to the world shit but this is actually like pretty dark the things the song, he talks about at least in I mean song, this least, also I heard has it like said of
2: the whole album yeah I guess I don't know the whole uh, I know like the I know like Sir Duke and like isn't she lovely which is oh, yeah. about a baby I think um, yeah because there's a baby crying on it oh. um, so I don't know all, all the songs I see one is called All Day Soccer which I could see being more negative talking um, about jawbreakers yeah <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, but yeah it's an artist I don't have like that much familiarity with but there's so much material there
3: yeah absolutely has, and the and songs like, I do hear very I'm important. like oh yeah Stevie Wonder
2: yeah wonderful
3: Stevie, you wonder if
0: he's really blind or not. Am I right?
2: Hey, hey, hey!
0: I think we actually have talked about that conspiracy on the show before—the
2: <laughs> like weird Stevie Wonders and blind conspiracy. Yeah, at this he, like, point, he's just to be to too a, embarrassed to a
0: Mike stand hit to reveal know. it. Yeah, can you imagine? No, I'm pretty sure he's blind though. Um, okay, yeah. And you said you're not that familiar with Gangsters Paradise.
2: Not really. Like it's Did always kind of been Dangerous around. I've heard the name a lot more than yeah
0: I knew it more by name and probably just by intro but then I even knew like the whole song like I knew it was there but of course like me same as you classic rock radio nothing, yeah. nothing hip hop was getting through uh, Alex Weird Al what do you know about this guy
2: another artist that I know is like, like he's quite prolific like he's had a lot of material over the years but he's kind of oh, yeah. just before my time like I've always been familiar with him but I was never really into like parody versions of songs
0: right he had like a small bump in like middle school for me because everybody was like sharing the youtube because it was like youtube was hit and oh and he kind of moved to youtube early Al Valeo's, and you're like oh, okay i then but then of course he's doing songs like gangsta's paradise which i didn't fucking know the original so why would it hit for me
2: right and i well, mean yeah, we talked was- we talked about him way back in our uh smells like teen spirit episode two. Oh, that's right. So doing stuff like that, and I was never really into Nirvana either. So maybe it was just the wrong songs. Actually, I remember White and Nerdy was big. White and Nerdy was, that was big. big. That's probably us, like yeah.
0: where I caught on. Yeah. Cause I also knew Ride and Dirty. I was I was blasting Ride and Dirty in the eighth or ninth grade.
2: <laughs> I'm a little fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. weirdo. <laughs> what a
0: time. What a time to be alive. But Alex, we're talking about first up here, Stevie Wonder's pastime
3: paradise. Which uh, I, I guess a kind of a religious song.
2: Um, w- how so? How
3: so? He talks about this, this waiting for the savior of love, which seems like a pretty clear,
0: uh, like rapture kind of. And he is a religious man. It's not like the most overtly religious, but there's definitely religious undertones.
2: Yeah, but I don't know if he's necessarily speaking of that favorably.
3: I don't know,
0: it's, uh, let's get into it because I am confused as to whether his, uh, his second chorus is, uh, meant to be positive or negative. Okay. Let's get into this, Alex. So the first one's pretty clear. Let's talk. So we, don't bore us, get to the chorus, Alex. Um, (laughs) Let me get there immediately. Yeah. They've been spending most of their lives living in a pastime paradise. They've been spending most of their lives living in a pastime paradise. They've been wasting most of their time glorifying days long gone behind. They've been
2: wasting most of their days
0: in remembrance of ignorance.
2: Oldest praise. It's praise. I mean, we've. <laughs> this comes up all the time. Problems that people sing about forty years in the past, and they're like, "Oh, hey, there's still problems." Um, there's a, a sense that whatever that this, of this um, like mythical time that came before that we need to return to. Um, yeah. And if only all this new stuff wouldn't, wouldn't get in the way of that. Um, and I believe it's suggesting that that is not the case.
0: Yeah. And he, I, he specifically talks of ignorance, the oldest phrase. So he's saying these were not only not better times, but they're times founded in, in, you know, A lack of understanding a lack of knowledge so it's like they are objectively worse
2: yeah that's definitely something i feel looking back even like 15 10 15 years ago definitely Mm -hmm. feel like oh well stuff seemed way better but it's because we didn't know yeah Like (laughs) like we didn't know about all the bad stuff or, you know, because it wasn't happening to us necessarily. And we were like in high school.
0: So we more readily accepted it. Yeah. It's just being the way of the world. Of course, like when we get to verse one here, and I think this is another way the word ignorance is being used. But one of the first words there is race relations. Mm -hmm. It's segregation. So he's also clearly speaking to a like the racial divide in America. Which, of course, as relevant 40 years ago as it is today, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, the
0: other ignorance he's talking. He's like, these people are not just wishing for a time when we were dumber, but where we were, worse pe- were more racist <laughs> and, and shitty to our fellow man.
2: Yeah, and it, it's like we're progressing and we're learning. We can't or we shouldn't mm-hmm. regress uh, and, and deny these things we've learned because yeah. um, it could make life better for everyone. Exactly. Or, or at least and for Yeah, for everyone, yes But ostensibly for people who uh, are worse off
0: Are worse off, yeah And it is, uh, I mean It's come to be that I think His, his lament of us living in a pastime paradise Has been a large part Of the progression over these These years since the song came out Because a yeah. lot of these problems,
2: still there Yeah um, I mean, the other thing is uh, yeah. the title, right? Yes What is the pastime paradise? What is that referring to? Um, I mean, obviously living in a, a sort of fake paradise, yeah. you are know, talking about glorifying days long gone. Um, but, uh, but like why pass time? Like, and, and the first thing that that jumps to my mind is like we're kind of distracting ourselves. Right. To ignore the problems by just passing time? Right, because that is the, yeah, like, baseball is
0: America's favorite pastime. It's like, it's a way to, to pass time. But he's also talking about the past
3: time. It's a, it's a little wordplay there. Oh, true. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. It is also, I think, because, yeah,
0: glorifying, even we talk about the the behavior of glorifying Days Long Gone, that's nostalgia and also a way to pass time be like oh it's so much better when we could it was the 50s and we hated everyone except white people unless they were Irish you're like wow oh.
2: or that. hey or Italian or Italian hey. <laughs> give now them
0: a little credit in a big they way hated before. several
2: groups of people <laughs>
0: there was like, a diverse hate going around but yeah so you're right it is not only a past time it is the the, the their pastime is sucking on the teat of the glory
3: days
2: yeah. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. Coming into what they call the post-course here, tell me who of them will come to be. How many of them
3: are you and me? Oh. Yeah.
2: So, he's calling us out, I think. Yeah. Because, oh, I mean, in, in the sense that it's it's really easy to fall into that mindset. And, I, I mean, I've done it before, you know? I've been like, ah, oh, this old thing is so much better. And, like, oh. I even had, no, shouldn't bring that up. Because um, it's I'm related worried. to a thing that happened at work. Oh. Okay, <laughs> and is right. like someone I work with. So I will not oh, mention that. Fair, 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 um, fair. But yeah, I mean, it's a mindset that a lot of people have. And even if you kind of don't have it on the outside, you can internalize some of those thoughts, you mm-hmm. know? So it's kind of, a, I think, a call to analyze your own thoughts and actions
0: yeah your own involvement in this uh this glorification of this past this clinging to
3: to old values that are worthless um what do you think of the line tell me of who of them will come to be (sighs) are we speaking of like a like like who will
0: actually be fulfilled like who will actually achieve something worthwhile of these people like who will you know who will find fulfillment using these pastime
2: yeah ideologies almost to me seems like a way to say like do you really believe this is like this is the the outcome like this Mm -hmm. this glorified version of the past but right
3: i don't know
0: yeah like who like who, who how many of these people who buy into this shit will ever come to to see that to fruition like
2: yeah,
3: who will come to
0: be?
2: Especially like a lot of the stuff we're seeing now, a lot of the things people are fighting for doesn't doesn't really benefit them. mm-hmm. you know, it will ultimately benefit other people who are already well benefited and well just
3: benefited yeah
2: harm themselves, so I, I don't yeah, know I, I'm definitely extrapolating like quite far on that one
0: yeah that's fair I think it is about like yeah either whose ideals will reach fruition or who of these people will ever see like a true because ultimately he talks about the future paradise which is what we should live for he's like how many of us are actually going to see that ever like who's going to see the world made right if we keep
2: true. Doing this shit I guess there's the other idea of like these are long term problems and we can work towards fixing them Mm -hmm. Without necessarily seeing the fruits of that effort, right? But it's still a good thing to do because one day it may lead to positive goals, positive outcome. Is that all there in the pre-post chorus? I don't know. I don't know. It's all man. It's tough.
0: You got to take this song as a whole too, because we're going to jump into the verse, which is literally just words and phrases. Yeah, it's a list. It's you have to like interpret the, the words rather than just have it written out as a sentence being like race relations in America are bad, segregation is not good. <laughs> like you have yeah. to take everything together. So in verse one, those words are dissipation, race relations, consolation, segregation, dispensation, isolation, exploitation, mutilation, mutation, miscreation, confirmation to the evils of the world
2: yeah i would say i mean there's a few of them that stand out as like okay i get it like we're talking about um people who want to resurrect or maintain old ways because it seems to them like it will lead to some fault like to some positive outcome but what they're maintaining is like a bad thing right so you talk about race relations you talk about segregation even isolation to an extent, I can see, oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Like, these these are things people uh, that are negatively impacted by that sort of uh, attitude, right? mm mm-hmm. um, But then there's some other words in there like dissipation and consolation and dispensation. And maybe those refer to actual things, but I don't really know about what those things are referring to.
0: hmm I wonder if, because if we jump to the second verse... The first line is proclamation of race relations, whereas in the first verse, it's dissipation race relations. So is the dissipation of race relations.
2: Consolation, segregation. Yeah, that's...
1: Perhaps.
0: And then, yeah, and you played a verse two again. Consolation is integration. So we we talk about the word like...
2: Oh, so we get, yeah. So now it's... Disputing. Yeah. So first, he's saying first.
0: this is the evils of the world, and this is what the pastime paradise is pushing for the dissipation of race relations, um segregating people, isolation. Like it's a divide and conquer sort of mentality. It is to divide and destroy us as people, and the people who cannot be destroyed are mutilated, mutated, or miscreated. We are, it's, you know, malpurpose. <laughs> Being brought into the world through this ideology. Okay.
2: I do like that. Because I never did put the verses together, and I should have. I should have I, like, I
0: kind of because I knew race relations was in both. And I was like, is the word, is the phrase race relations related to either like a positive or negative experience? Because I I was a bit confused. Mm-hmm. But I think it is simply that. It's just relations between race, a neutral concept. It's how we approach it.
2: And it's saying <laughs> don't yeah, they're, they're dissipating, or they want the dissipation of race relations, but actually proclaim race relations, uh, which maybe has a positive connotation. I think in this situation, it does. Like, it's the proclamation yeah. of good race relations, right? Yeah, because first two,
0: I mean, we might as well talk about these at the same time. Let's just bring all of verse two in. Proclamation yeah, well. of race relations, consolation is integration, verification of revelation, um, shit, what is that, acclamation? acclamation my Acclim- fucking
2: acclamation yeah.
0: yeah there you go acclamation my thing cut off a bit <laughs> um and now I've lost my spot here world
2: salvation vibration oh. stimulation confirmation to the peace of the world
0: yeah so that's again in in contrast to confirmation
2: yeah. to the evils of so the I world. should have seen based on the last line last line of verse one says confirmation to the evils of the world mm-hmm. and then last line of verse two says confirmation to the peace of the world so it's like okay it's a contrast.
0: Yeah, he's like, there's, yeah. he really lays out, there's two paths we can go down here. Yeah. The first one is the pastime paradise, and the second one is the future, the future paradise.
1: paradise.
0: <sighs> and, yeah, it's clear in verse two with uh, the words of, like, because it, I was confused maybe in the beginning because it was so similar. Because mm-hmm. even the word consolation, I think of, like, a consolation prize. Like, it's not, not desirable, but it's right. okay, right? But, so.
2: Uh, i mean i think the same definition consolation as to console as in to make feel better Uh, right as in to yeah to sort of to make
0: right or to to bring ease to a situation is integration um yeah and then verification of revelation so it just verifying truth basically right and revelation also a I biblical. I guess so. Thing. I
2: mean, yeah, it's a biblical it's a I, I don't know much about the book of the Bible revelation, other than that it is the end of the world. But I don't mm-hmm. think that's what he's talking about unless okay. So here's an idea. There was this weird um concept in the nineties, and I think even leading up up to like nine eleven. Okay. Yeah. This idea that we were living at the end of history. Right. And it's a very strange concept, looking back at all the stuff that was going on at the time and feel like we were just ignoring it.
1: Yeah. However,
2: the idea was basically like, oh, we're at this point where we have what we need and we can get people who need what they need what they need. That was a weird sentence, but I think it checks out. <laughs> um And like... War is over, because the Cold War was over, so it seemed like, oh, we don't need to have conflicts anymore. Are, are, is this the end of important things happening, or are just going to like, live life? No- We're just going to chill for the rest right. of forever, and like important things won't happen anymore? We, that was wrong, that was but it was wrong. a weird sense that existed at the time, at least in some groups. Um, and I almost wonder if that's a similar concept that's being referenced here. Like, the idea of, like, it's the end of the world because it's, like, this future paradise. Like, we're already right. living in paradise. It is kind of a thing.
0: death in the same way that, like, Revelations is the end of the world. But yeah. it's the end of the world that leads to the kingdom of heaven, yeah. right? That
2: but at lead. the same time, you're you're right, Revelation does refer to, like, revealing the truth. Mm-hmm. Which I think is what the book title means. Yeah. So... So yeah, and, and, I guess yeah, that
0: verification of revelation, yeah, could be in the biblical sense or could be to the sense of a, a truth or um, yeah, the true version of the world, maybe even yeah. What I follows think, that is acclamation, world salvation.
2: Verification, yeah, like the idea that like if we live in this way or if we do go down this path, that mm. the fact that it is good will be self evident. Right. And I think I think that's what it means... like in theory the end of the world would be like if revelation happened we'd be like oh yeah so the bible was right 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 so like that is the verification of of the truth um so in in this a similar sense so if we go down this path of you know uh what's listed in verse two we would come to this future paradise and we would say oh yes this path was the right path this is right the, the truth
0: yeah and it leads to salvation vibrations which we know from the Beach boys are good stimulation <laughs> which
2: is simulation uh, which oh boy let me tell you um uh, the other thing about vibration stimulation um stevie wonders blind right right so like that's a lot of how he interacts with the world right especially yeah. as a musician so I don't, don't know if that's what that, it is because I think a lot of
0: people think of revelation. They think of like opening your eyes, right? But that's not going to do much for Stevie Wonder, <laughs> right? Because so, yeah. so, yeah, it is. He feels it through vibrations and stimulation rather than than visual stimuli, which is still stimuli, but you know, yeah, 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 yeah maybe confirmation to the peace of the world. But what is a future paradise, Alex? We got to rewind the clock. True, here.
2: Yeah, we got to go back to that second second chorus
0: which is very similar to the first, but it says, they've been spending most of their lives living in a future paradise. They've been spending most of their lives living in a future paradise. They've been looking in their minds for the day that sorrow's lost from time. They keep telling of the day when the savior of love will come to stay.
2: Come to stay. Um, And I wonder, because we've now discussed these two possible, these like kind of two paths that are outlined. Mm -hmm. The pastime paradise and the future paradise. I don't necessarily know if the song is endorsing the future paradise, per se.
0: It is tough to read from the chorus, but if we jump down to... Uh, da, 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 da. Let's start living... This is the final chorus. and it says, let's start living our lives living for the future paradise. Right, Praise to our lives living for the future paradise. Shame to anyone's life living in a pastime paradise.
2: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he does have that at the end. I'm just wondering. Okay, I'm trying to pick out like...
0: It is confusing. So think about it this way. The pastime paradisers are the oppressors and the future paradisers are the oppressed. Sure. They are looking for a day where sorrow is lost from time and they tell each other stories of the savior of love, Jesus Christ our Lord, who will will come (laughs) and, and bring them away from this.
2: Right, I guess I was wondering mm-hmm. if there was any condemnation of the inaction, like, because you can that- have dreamers, but I don't mm-hmm. really see that. I don't really get that out of this. Perhaps no. perhaps it's just a kind of hopeful in the end, because the, I guess, no, verse 2 does outline the things that they would do. Yeah, it
0: is like, as loose as is, yeah. a plan of action. Like. Yeah
2: okay yeah as much as it's not like an item like it is an itemized list it's not like we need to do these six things it's like we need to achieve these six things yeah or whatever okay all right yeah that makes that makes sense agree
0: with you though it is tough to pull again like you have to actually jump to every section of this song before you can fully piece together what his viewpoint is and Which, so I had similar ideas yeah. reading that chorus the first time. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, he's criticizing these people who just live in the future because I thought it was going to be a like live in the present kind of, you know, a little more zen
2: uh, Yeah, here. That's what I was expecting as well. Like but making- it
0: is more like, I guess, Christian in that sense where it's all for the next life kind of style or it's like building for the future. You do yeah. things now with the future in mind.
2: And it does seem to, I mean, it doesn't say Jesus, call out Jesus by name, but it really does. <laughs> Talking about the savior of love, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does sound like a second coming thing. And, I mean, already also mentioning revelation. Revelation, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, and that's the song. That's what the song does, really. It outlines yeah. these two opposing views and then endorses one of them.
0: Yeah. That's like ex- exactly what it is, praise to our lives, living for the future paradise, shame to anyone else's life, living in a pastime paradise.
1: Yeah.
3: So yeah, that is this song that, um... Like, it's very weird that this then becomes,
2: and then gets outshined by the sample of Gangster's Paradise. Yeah, I mean, Gangster's Paradise has some things to say as well, but it's not, it's like, this is a global... <laughs> yeah. or a societal level, right? And Gangsta's yeah. Paradise is very much zoomed in. Yeah, 100%. Um, and we'll talk about that soon enough.
0: Yeah, and, when, and once we bring in, of course, the, the musical elements here, too, it's very interesting to see those shift from 76 to, to 95. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most interesting things here being, of course, the Yamaha
2: GX-1. Yeah, that's a big, a big synthesizer big motherfucker they had like five of these made or something like there's not a lot um the other yeah the other cool thing i uh, about stevie wonder that Mm -hmm. i didn't mention before but like he was pretty well known particularly in like the 70s for using these synthesizers in pop music like pretty Mm -hmm. early on so yeah Um, this is one of the first examples of string synth yeah which is like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a string synth these days.
0: I know, that sounds insane. It took to 76 for somebody to be like, what if we did strings?
2: Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, there was a while where uh, a lot of at least like the synth purists were like, we want to make new sounds. We don't want right. to make a synthesizer that sounds like strings because we have strings already.
0: And There was even the refusal to have like a keyboard interface, right? Because they're like, no, this yeah, is for some. different
2: music. And like yeah. want it to be a machine. exactly." Um, but... I mean, between this and then, um, I don't think it was this album. It was like, I don't remember if it was later. But there's like, uh, he also famously used Tonto uh, a mm. few years earlier. It was actually, um, which That's is that
0: big, that massive one, right? Big That's massive like a one,
2: yeah. I think it was earlier, yeah, because it's on. I think it's on Superstition. Uh, okay, can't remember exactly. Um, but yeah, he, he used Tonto. Very big synthesizer, which currently housed in the uh, National Music Center in Calgary. No way, that's right. Because they did that. uh... I went and saw it, and I saw the movie that a movie that features it, which is um, Phantom Phantom of the Paradise. Phantom of the Paradise. Um, Anyway, (laughs) shout out to Tonto. (laughs) Shout out to Tonto. (laughs) It's a cool, very large synthesizer. Modular synthesizer,
0: yeah, that's very cool, and so yeah, yeah
2: here it's used to imitate strings, yeah, not have... used in this song, just mentioning it,
0: yeah, sorry, yeah, not Tonto, but the Yamaha GX1 is, which is also a massive synth, and we use it here to uh basically make a riff based on box prelude number two in C minor,
2: yeah, which I don't know that piece, but it works here pretty well,
0: yeah, I and well enough to, to it. be sampled that, a few times. That loads like big beats, that da da. And then, like, a little noodling in between, which is what makes up these things. Yeah.
2: And then, of course, the part that's used in uh, Gangsta's Paradise. The
1: Yeah.
0: We also get, at the beginning, this cowbell. Yeah. Which um, reminds me of, I think, Africa. Is it Africa or Land Down Under that has that kind of cowbell intro?
2: but
0: It might be Land Down Under. Hang on. Oh, no, because Land Down Under has the dun,
3: dun, 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 dun. It's different. Is it Africa? Yeah, it's 100% Africa it reminds me of. The song by Toto.
0: Yeah, At- I think you're the- thinking
2: of Africa. Anyway, cowbell, cool instrument. Um, and it, I mean, it doesn't loop as much as Gangster's Paradise. Alex. Wait a minute. Oh, fuck. Mildenberger. I lost connection. Okay.
3: Hang Alex on. Mildenberger. Hang on.
2: I'm back. He's back. Okay. It's when I disconnected my VPN. Uh, um, it flipped you out of there. It kicked me out. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know how much you heard of what I said, but what was not, the last but... thing we talked about?
0: We talked about the bell. It sounds like the intro or the, the cowbell. It's that Africa. Here, Africa. the intro to Africa. Yes.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay, Alex. Um, so, yeah, that cowbell sounds like Africa. Kind of sounds like Africa. The, the strings, not at all.
2: We don't need to belabor that point. We don't <laughs> need to. <laughs> Listen, the cowbell sounds, sounds like, like Africa. Sounds like Africa. You hearing me? Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then there's the strings, and there's a lot of yes. them. Yes, um, tons. Kind of, like, there's the higher strings, right? They of yes. they, they, they drop out in the chorus. Why is that important? Because I didn't realize, but, like, Gangsta's Paradise actually uses kind of just a sample of part of it, which makes sense. That um, does make sense, yes. and this, But this has a few different sections that aren't present in that. And I was kind of more familiar with the other song. Right, right, right. And, and musically, right, right, because really there's just, it's looping more frequently. That's right. Um, so this does have that, oh, you don't get the, the higher strings in the chorus, um, but like the beat continues and there's a lot of, it It changes, but like not that much. Yeah. So it still does have kind of a feeling of of staying the same and... Throughout, even and that it may be,
0: a I guess, like a, uh, an example of still the limitations in synth technology at that point. Alex, you gambling over there? Oh, you sorry. Fucking- <laughs> I,
2: I, I spun my ring. Okay,
0: <laughs> what did it sound like? I did. That sounded like you're flipping a coin or something, oh, okay. spinning something. Yes. Um. Yeah. So it it does have a very set pattern once it gets into it so you're right it drops out the high strings for most of the chorus you get a couple little stings from them throughout but there is more of this like warm bassy tones coming through this Um which is cool yeah and yeah. we get some you is mean. it on the chorus we get the bells in yes
1: yeah so there's
2: the, some there's also like a, a tambourine or something on the drums or, yeah, a tambourine going. Um, yeah, and I just want to note that because it's going to come up again later. Yeah, so what I was told
0: from Wikipedia is that tambourine is actually a uh, a bell pattern done by the Hare Krishna uh, chanting group.
2: Oh, that's right. That's the Hare Krishna guy.
0: Yes. So they have two basically choirs in on this. One is the Hare Krishna tra- chanting group. The next is the West Angeles Church of God gospel choir.
2: And they come, come in at the end,
0: right? Much later, yeah, right near the end. But yeah. so you get a bit of them, oh, they, they a bit of taste culminate. of them with those bells. They
2: culminate. Mm. A multicultural finale. Um, <laughs> so the other thing um, uh, to mention is the rhythm. And I, I read this in one of the somewhere. I don't remember where now. Basically, it um, it was partially done or like they started the rhythm on like drum machines, like for mm-hmm. old synthesizers. I don't know if they would have been called drum machines at the time. Maybe anyway. Yeah. Um, I think they would have been anyway. Um, and then I'll kind of augmented it with like real drums. Yeah. So it's like both are present.
0: Maybe that's again, like another like early synth thing where like we need something that lines up with the synth first, which would be a drum machine. And then we can layer on top of that. It's so like get all the synth components working together, and then build <laughs> off of that.
2: Yeah, something Maybe. like that. Or and like not quite having the faith that people will listen to it if it is just synthesizer. Right. <laughs> something yeah. Like, like we
0: need something organic. You can't just have full on synth. What fools they were!
2: <laughs> what fools they were! Um, I mean, lots of other touches like harmonies on the. Uh, the pre yeah, that post chorus, <laughs> yeah, um, and there is. Oh, right. Okay, no thing I want to talk about is on the verse. Okay, I want to talk about the verse anyway.
0: Or are we just gonna go there?
2: Yeah, let's talk about the verse. Um, that rising bass line, that rising bass line, <laughs> cool as hell. The other thing the verse does that is cool, um, because. Is particularly the first verse is like basically just a list of stuff yeah but he kind of picks it up half like part way through so it's dispensation race relation mm-hmm. so it's slower mm-hmm. and then by the time we get to like exploitation mutilate like it's faster
0: yeah so it's it's like dissipation, race, race relations. relations yeah, the bass mm-hmm.
2: plays in between, very cool. Yeah,
0: and then you hit dispensation, constipation, <laughs> everybody across the nation, or whatever, like, whatever the words are. Yeah, he picks it up.
2: <laughs> yeah, cool stuff. Um, it's a good like because the the song doesn't change that much musically. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things it does to like increase that intensity a bit. Across, yeah, throughout that verse is that is. Squishing it together in time.
0: Yeah, because even his like vocal performance is pretty even throughout. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of like hard pushing moments. Things do come up a bit in intensity near the end, especially when you get all the choirs in. For the most part, it is yeah. a very balanced performance.
2: Yeah, and I wonder if that's related to the topic. Just because, I mean, the, it's it's about the desire for change, but it's very mm-hmm. much about like the present, right? You know? So it's like not changing. Sort of symbolic. Uh, Ah, yeah, makes sense.
0: You're right because we've got what is basically a synth loop for the most part. Yeah, and then just like a steady rhythm. Yeah, it is very even. You could be onto something there, Alex. I don't know. I know the answer is yes. You're correct. I just called Stevie Wonder. Yeah, he
2: he confirmed it. Be like, hey, Stevie. Stevie,
3: I got a question
0: about Pastime
2: Paradise. Uh... Oh Steve no. Buddy, what did you do? Oh, I know... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't finish my thought when I was writing a note down. <laughs> I wrote... I would even call it a... Oh my God. <laughs> but I don't know what I would call it. <laughs> um, um,
0: a great song is what I would call it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, gets into the second verse. Very, very simple, Like the rest, like the second chorus post-chorus verse really really similar right like yeah
3: oh yeah
0: i think um, our next big change is in the the final chorus round where we get in the the hard yeah the next
2: chorus starts to get the the other stuff like oh i know okay no i get it okay i would even call it an and then the next line says outro (laughs) hey i would call Uh, it that yeah um so it's an outro so this, this is kind of where the lyrics, I say where the lyrics become more positive, That's not really the, the right point, uh, but this is at the very end where we get the, like, live for the future paradise thing. Um, yeah, the call to action. Yeah.
0: He lays out how we can get there and how he says, let's do it, folks. Let's go.
2: And we have the choir. Yes. Uh, and they sing, we shall overcome. That's right. Uh, so We Shall Overcome is a song that is associated with Pete Seeger, mm. but like it's been around for longer. Apparently, it was an anthem of the civil rights movement, um, okay. and I mean, like Pete Seeger didn't write it because he just recorded a lot of folk songs, so it's a that folk song sense. or a gospel song. Right. I think gospel.
0: I mostly know We Shall Overcome for the Frank Turner song, We Shall Not Overcome.
2: yeah. And is that the, hang on, the, like, I think, yeah, Springsteen does it. Oh, um, oh yeah, the, the, the Seeker sessions. sessions. Yeah. The Pete Seeger Sessions. Yeah. So, and out. of course, apparently the Seeker Sessions was a big influence to Frank Turner. Oh, yeah. So that's interesting.
0: Also a big influence to Springsteen's new album of soul covers coming
2: out. I saw one cover. I was like, is he doing a whole He's doing album? a whole
0: album, yeah.
2: And, uh, yeah, cool.
0: Cool stuff. This Springsteen guy, what a, what a cool character. Alex, yeah. anything else to say about this original version?
2: About this original version? Um, the fact that it doesn't change a ton makes it kind of perfect for a sample. Oh, yeah. I think someone should use this as a sample. I think so. I wonder if they will. Uh, but
0: first, somebody's going to use it as a reggae cover. And that's somebody's panache culture in nineteen.
2: Panache culture.
1: Actually,
2: I mean, is it a sample in this version? It uh, could be, yeah. Because. Part of it kind of sounds like it is, but Panache Culture, who are they? Uh, Reggae group, but call themselves
0: a crucible of genres.
2: Yeah, um, I saw roots rock reggae on their website. I think
0: I saw reggae with Oriental influences and North African sonorities.
2: Yeah, okay, that's cool.
0: That's a fun way to say music. Yeah, so they, but essentially, it boils down to reggae.
2: That's what it feels like, but it also... I think it's a sped-up sample, and one of the big reasons I think that is there's this high-pitched sound, oh, yeah, it's and I think that's the chime, And it's, but it's sped-up, so it's been pitched up. Yeah. But, so, because like... It's so... I don't know. That's what it feels like to me.
0: Yeah, so we but get that sped-up sample. You might be right, because I don't think they were bringing in a full choir here. Or a full Yamaha GX1 either. Like I think so they probably just borrowed it. It's nineteen ninety-four. We're talking peak sample culture here, or at least the kind of popping off of a lot of it in the mainstream. Yeah.
2: Especially, I mean, reggae was like like grew out of like dub, right? Which was right. based on taking recordings and just cranking the bass.
0: Hell yeah. So yeah, that's what we got going on here. So we get to hear the sample. We got some fast drums going on under it, some boots and cats kind of. We get a little, uh, like a triangle or something, some kind of like metallic percussive Sorry, sound.
2: Sorry, Dub grew out of reggae. I had that back. Oh once. my God, Just Alex. Just wanted to confirm.
3: <laughs> All right. Still checks out.
2: It does still check out. They it's are, uh, what did you call them?
0: I, I called them a crucible of genres, crucible Alex. Of
2: genres, yeah. Thank you.
0: So they they murdered people because they thought they were witches. If <laughs> I understand witches, that correctly.
2: Yeah, yeah. crush them with rocks sometimes.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, more weight, baby. More weight. Oh yeah. Um.
2: Sorry, I'm distracted. Yes.
0: No worries. We get a skank in this pretty pretty quick. As soon as the lyrics kick in, we're skanking. Yep.
2: That's kind of their addition to the rhythm. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of familiar things, like that climbing bass lines in the chorus. Yeah. I mentioned, like, the chimes are there, but they're very high now. It's also faster, as I mentioned. Sorry, sped up. Yes. Um, so it just gives everything, like, a little bit different sound. And they really do... I think they do have... Like, they're probably playing on top of it, at the very least. Or maybe just messing around with the levels. But, like, you can feel the bass is, for sure, more. Yeah. And the bass got a pretty good sound.
3: Yeah. Good sound on it. We get some, like, steel
0: drum rhythm and stuff on this, too. Yeah. At least I think yep. it's a steel, steel drum. drum.
2: sound. And I, I definitely, I mean, I, I think so, too. That's what it sounds like to me. But just based on the fact that speeding it up would change the sound a bit, I'm like, is it in the original, but it is sped right. up, it's sped up? Right, and you're just hearing like something drum.
0: different. Yeah.
2: Uh, I feel like they probably added that. but
0: Probably. Yeah. And this one really is, like what like, they kind of just set up. The sample and the rhythm and just ride through. Like there's not a yeah. lot of huge change-ups in this.
2: True. They just kinda sing it at their pace and it sounds a little more reggae in their tone of voice, like their style of mm-hmm. singing. Um and then right at the end they repeat the shame line a few times. Yeah. Like the shame to anyone's like. Shame.
0: Shame. Yeah.
3: Shame.
2: And that's yeah, so it's it does feel quite different. Mm-hmm. Um got a cool sound yeah it's uh
0: it's a nice fit i think it works pretty well that sample really like grounds it i think as much as is simply them just picking it up and speeding it up like it it's very malleable i guess i wonder if it's because it's based in like classical music that you can shift it quite easily to all these different genres
1: i
2: don't know it's cuz it's it's got some like modernness to it with the like drum machines and stuff so i wonder yeah, if maybe for that sure. also makes it fit in
0: i suppose so alex and a great sound like a great tone on that bass
2: yeah got to love the what
0: bass got to love that bass um, but we got to move on, Alex. We got to be—we got to be picking on, as they say. Just kidding. We're not talking about picking on. It's Coolio and yeah. Large Variety in
1: 1995.
2: Coolio and LV. LV
0: which is lar- G- large variety is his uh, Is what that is short for
2: <laughs> large variety cool uh, yeah his, his okay. real
3: name is larry sanders l l s
2: s huh.
0: but he's lv large variety it's cool american rapper recently died a cardiac arrest at the age of 59 yeah um this is his biggest hit song this is the one people
2: it's definitely the only one of his that i have ever heard. No to like it pace. was a massive
0: international hit. It like got best song of the year from Billboard. It got best rap solo from it, like it, it's it's heaps of accolades on this
1: it's song. It's
2: definitely an international hit. There's, I'll bring this up later. I, I think he's perform, like there's a, a video of him performing it in the Netherlands. Oh. Ah. Anyway it's kind of funny because like the audience is singing along.
0: Right about being a gangster. Yeah.
2: Um, that's, that'll come up later. Again, that'll come up later.
0: Um, but musically, it's, it's a sample of Stevie Wonder with new verses by Coolio on top.
2: Yeah. Well, it's really based on, I mean, and then it loops, right? It's really based on that, um, that part of the string part, um, but yeah, and then different drums, you know, different bass. Yeah, it's very very snappy drums on this drum machine. Um,
0: There's like a story about this because he hears the song playing at his manager's and and his producer's like house. They they were roommates. And he hears this sample, you know, and he's like, Hey, this is great. Whose is that? And like the producer's like, Oh, it's mine. I was just making it. He's like, Oh, that's crazy. Like the drums actually sound good because apparently he always hated the drums that Doug Rashid would put on his tracks.
2: The drums are actually not terrible. Yeah.
0: He's like, Put me on that. And so, boom, you get this. So he improvises this intro, which is a biblical reference, which I mean, like given the source material, Stevie Wonder and its own biblical references, is like, wow, what a great improv!
2: Did he not know uh, "Pastime Paradise" at the time?
0: I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, I think I think I actually read somewhere that he didn't know it that well. Like he knew Stevie Wonder and he knew some right. songs. He said he was even familiar with songs in the Key of Life because his mom had the album, but he didn't really know this song. Hmm. But so we open. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Truly, truly some gangsta shit, as the kids say.
2: Yeah. That's hard as fuck. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That just sounds cool.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And that's biblical. Just
2: on its own. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It doesn't matter Um, what you're doing after that point.
2: But what he's been doing uh, is he's been blasting and laughing so long that even his mom, I shouldn't. Say change the, the tense of this because uh, I've been <laughs> blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. That
0: my mind is gone. So let's talk about that because I think that's a good chunk there. So he's taken a li- he, through the Valley of the yeah, Shadow we're of Death
2: to the character now. Yeah,
0: is literally his life is surrounded by death because I, I believe him. Blasting is laughing. Blasting is killing dudes. Right? It's got to be. It's got to be. So he's been such a like it's gangsters paris he's been such a gangster that he's basically killed and laughed his way through anything good in life so much so that even his mother who should love him regardless thinks that he's a lost cause
2: yeah and like he's got he's taken this moment of introspection or he's got this moment of introspection mm-hmm. um at least in this part of the song looking yeah and yeah he's like there. there's no nothing left
0: yeah truly like at the end of a road and he's like this is where I'm at. But then he, he starts to justify in the second half here. Mm-hmm. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me, be treated like a punk? You know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you walk walking, or you and your homies might be lined in chalk.
2: Yeah, so... There's kind of... Like this first verse in particular, he's got this moment of like, wow, this life is terrible, but then is immediately like, but like, I'm not going to change.
0: Mm-hmm. He, he, in a way, and he also touches on this in the later verses, he had to do it. I, not to bring up again, like stereotypes, but the gangster life chose him. Right. And what he touches on in later verses, he means that like systemically, because he blames the state at one point. And a lack of support from societal structures. So yeah, we, t- we, we, we kind of talked, you mentioned that this song is also serious in its own way. It's not like revelation serious, but it is talking about like life for, the, for the, the poor class and like working class people and how they turn to these kind of lifestyles.
2: Yeah, even though like the title kind of makes it sound like a joke. Yeah. In a sense, because Gangsta's Paradise sounds like something from a cartoon.
0: Yeah, particularly it is like G A N G S T A. Yeah, not gangster, even gangsta's paradise.
2: And I almost like it. It feels like maybe that was on purpose. Kind of. I suppose it is the same like sense that pastime
0: paradise is also not to be taken at face value. I guess so. Because it's not a paradise.
2: Yeah, and I mean, if he named it, I guess the the gang the title probably came later because. We're talking about, like, did he know the song? Well, obviously, he didn't name it Gangsta's Paradise without knowing it came from the song Pastime Paradise, right? Like, there's right. no way.
0: And that is, of course, um. so the, the one who sings the choruses is LV, and according to like the, the creation myth of this song, Gangsta's Paradise, he had had the chorus down. He had started singing, because basically, Doug Rashid pulled the sample, and he was like, this is sick. I've got the strings from... Pastime Paradise, and then LV comes on. And he starts singing Gangsta's Paradise instead of Pastime Paradise, and then he goes, "We need a rapper on this." And then they get Coolio in. So Coolio is not necessarily responsible for Gangsta's Paradise, but he certainly builds verses that slot in pretty perfectly with that. Yeah. But yeah, he's he basically says he's he basically acted in self defense. Nobody should be treating him like a punk. He only killed people who crossed him. Um, and then he he explains to you how to avoid being lined in shock, which is to be a murder <laughs> victim. And that is to watch how you're talking and where you're walking. And then he goes on to say, like, he doesn't like to do this. <laughs> he says, I really hate to trip, but I got a loke. As they croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke. Fool, I'm the kind of G the little homies want
3: to be, like, on my knees in the night saying prayers in the streetlight. <laughs> So, loke is, um, of course, short for loco. It is also apparently used in
0: particularly for crips, who are of course a gang, and that's how like the, the sort of like when you're representing the gang in a loud way, so to speak, you are loking, going loco. This is the whitest I have ever sounded on.
2: I know, broadcast. man. We <laughs> got we, we got to talk about we got to talk about the vocabulary here, but like, gotta you know we got to cover it.
0: We gotta cover it. It's, uh, yeah. So, and it, of course, I really hate to trip, but I got a look, so trip being, like...
2: Kind of own. the same thing? Like, it's yes. like I... He's, like, acting crazy. Like, I hate to act crazy, but I have to. Yes,
0: but I have because to. Because
2: I need to represent
0: my group. My group, and, yeah, myself. Like, I need to...
2: And, I like... Need to
0: not be treated like a
2: punk. And then there's this image of, like, him seeing his own reflection in the rising smoke from his pistol. yeah. And like thinking about like, I mean, who's the fool? Is he the fool? Is he talking to, to his own reflection? Yeah, he's like maybe. everyone wants to be you, but like, yeah, it's this, a real. Like, is this live really
0: by the sword, die yeah. by the sword line? Right, he sees himself in the pistol smoke because he could very well be next because there Man. really is no difference between him and the guy he shot. Yeah. And then, yeah, fool, I'm the kind of G the little homies want to be like. Are the, are the the little homies also a fool? Because, like, he's like, you don't want what I have. I'm on my knees in the night saying prayers in the streetlight. Like, that's not because he is a sound mind. It's he's, he's out here murdering people and then being like, God, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like
2: <laughs> Yeah, and maybe also, like, another, because he's talking about the little homies, the children. Yes. Um, like... Kind of being like a better role model by like saying his prayers where they could see him because they're on the street, right?
0: Right, because he's yeah in the streetlight being clearly illuminated.
2: Yeah, also like the imagery of being on the str- on your knees yeah, like street underneath. Yeah, it's like the lane. closest
0: you can get to God in a yeah. in a destitute area. It's stark. It's a very stark song.
2: Yeah, I feel like listening to it like is like it's a good beat, right? Oh and yeah, I think it's easy to. Gloss over the rest of it, but there's there's some imagery in this song.
0: Yeah, there's there's some very good imagery in this. And then we hit the chorus, they've been spending most of their lives living in the gangster's paradise. They've been spending most of their lives living in the gangster's paradise. We keep spending most of our lives living in the gangster's paradise. We keep spending most of our lives living in the gangster's paradise.
2: Yeah, it's very much like a hook.
0: Yeah, we just hit that and we're like, okay, cool.
2: Repeated line.
0: This is and then the yeah, so it's just like, well, what is the scenario Coolio's describing? It's the gangster's paradise. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Let's describe it some more. Let's describe it more. Look at the situation they got me facing. I can't live a normal life. I was raised by the state, so I got to be down with hood team, with the hood team.
2: Now we're bringing, yeah. Now we're talking about like government assistance, but like the government assistance kind of kept him here. That kept him in that place.
0: So he's being run down by the government and also, as it turns out, by mass media. Too much television watching got me chasing dreams. True. I'm an educated fool with money on my mind. Got my ten in my hand and a gleam in my eyes. I'm a loked out gangster, set
3: tripping banger. And my homies is down, so don't arouse my anger.
2: True. Uh, educated fool. Interesting. Yeah, because what he's learned is not useful. But he's yeah. learned things, or not accurate, perhaps, because he's been raised by television, I guess.
0: Yeah, and television has told him to chase his dreams and yeah. to, to get what is yours, essentially.
2: And also presented maybe an image of, of yeah, what that looks like, mm-hmm. which is inaccurate. Yeah.
0: So an educated fool is like he is just smart enough to act dumb to get money. <laughs> To do the worst, <laughs> to do awful things to get money. Yeah,
2: and then apparently a tan in his hand. I mean, I could tell that it was referring to a gun, but apparently it's specifically referring to a Mac Ten machine pistol.
3: Right.
0: Yep. So yeah, that's 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 what he's doing there. He is out there with a the gleam in his eye, you know, for for chasing his dreams. Yeah, and uh, a Mac Ten in his hand to help him chase those dreams. So he is, of course, a loaked-out gangster, set trip, and banger. Um, to set trip, according to genius here, it says to to represent one's own gang often violently, and a banger is a, a gang banger who's uh, typically violent. Yeah, he's
2: that line doesn't move the plot along that much, but he's like talking about his own vision of himself, kind of.
0: Thing. Yeah, he's like, this is who I am. Uh, an image I learned both from the state who put me here and from the TV, who taught yeah. me how to how to thrive here, I guess.
2: Yeah, how and, to kind of look out for himself and chase his own Exactly.
0: And of course, he go. has... I I read this next line as him having support. My homies is down, so don't arouse my anger. Being like, if you make me mad, I have the crew to back me up as, yeah. I, as I will run up on don't you. Don't mess as with the me. Kids say. But Genius suggests that it might also be that his homies are all dead. Again, Valley of the Shadow of Death so don't fuck with him because he's got he truly has nothing to lose now
2: yeah i don't know which one i would accept more um other than that to me it's more believable to be like i have friends on my side so don't mess with me yeah that seems to be like i'm so mad because all my friends are dead don't mess with me like sounds like you got a bunch of you're you're a group that are easy to kill so maybe I yeah so
0: maybe i will mess with Uh. you (laughs) But then he says, Fool, death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away. I'm living life, do or die. What can I say? True.
2: I guess that's like I have nothing to live for, so I would so like I could do anything. Like
0: Yeah, like this is the life I've chosen. Yeah. So he's it's, loco. He's loco. He is he's loking out here. Um he's twenty-three now. I'm twenty three now, but will I live to see twenty four? The way things is going. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Another depressing idea of just like I mean being close to death and like Who knows how long he's going to live, so why would he live for the future? Live for a future paradise.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. When, yeah, all he really has is, in the future, is death of some kind. It's just, when is it going to happen? Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, the refrain, tell me, why are we so blind to see? The ones that we hurt
3: are you and me.
2: I think that's... I think that's pretty self-explanatory as far as verses go. Like, this is, this is pulling the blind like, and narrating, basically. Yeah. Like, why do we live like this? Why can't we see that this is negatively impacting all of us? All of and us, perhaps yeah. perhaps, why can't we work together in a positive way?
0: Exactly. Why can't we get past this and, yeah. and build each other up instead of literally shooting each other down? It really ties into the, as they croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke line.
2: Yeah. Because they are the same.
0: That's right. So then we get verse three, power and the money, money and the power. Minute after minute, hour after hour, everybody's running, but half of them ain't looking. It's going on in the kitchen, but I don't know what's cooking. So we're chasing money and power blindly is essentially what that boils down to.
2: Yeah, and also, I mean, we talk about chaos a lot, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But everybody's running, no one necessarily looking where they're going. Mm -hmm. You're going to hit into somebody it's chaos and also we've already drawn this picture of being on the street It's kind of being funneled in a particular direction and yeah he doesn't know what's going like he's like it's going on in the kitchen he doesn't know what's happening though. yeah something is cooking he, c- he can't smell
0: what the rock is cooking no but he knows he something know. is cooking so mm-hmm. yeah it's it, again at times why are we so blind to see that the ones we heard are you and me people are literally running blind half of them are not looking
2: yeah and um, they say I got to learn, but nobody's here. Nobody's here to teach me if they can't understand it. How can they reach me? I guess they can't. I guess they won't. I guess they front That's why I know my life is out of luck, fool. We're talking about institutions again, I think.
0: Yeah, I believe so. They being, of course, the, the grand yeah. like institution term. Yeah. The structures that be.
2: At least like there's no positive role models, I guess for one, but also perhaps no teachers that are...
0: Yeah, they're punitive. They say, you gotta learn, it. but they don't provide him with somebody who can teach me, because yeah. they also have nobody like, who learn understands what? him.
2: Yeah. Because he's an educated fool. All his education comes from the, from the TV. That's all he's got.
0: It, yeah, all he's got is the TV, which is not a good source. And they can't understand it, so they don't understand his situation. They refuse to understand poverty, really. Yeah. So how can they, they, they reach out to him if they don't understand his living situation, what has yeah. driven him to where they he They can't is.
2: help because they're not willing to go the distance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess they can't, I guess they won't. So that's the
3: real switch. It's not that they are incapable, it's that they won't, they refuse to. They're fronting. Are you looking up fronting, uh, Alex? <laughs>
2: Well, I wanted to make sure I have the definition right because I thought it was like lying, but it's basically like presenting yourself one way,
0: yeah, misrepresenting so yourself. So they're like, that's exactly what they're doing because they're pretending like they are here to help and to to set things right and to be good, but they are not actually taking the steps to help out this gangster and the people in his community. Yeah. So that, that is the flip. I guess they can't, is like, oh, they aren't able to. Like, it is beyond their powers. But he's, and then it flips. It's not, no, I guess they won't. They are unwilling to do that. And I guess they are putting up a front. That's why I know my life is out of luck, fool, because he, he's been played by the system, ultimately.
1: Yeah.
2: There's nothing to lift him out of this situation. Yeah.
3: Bleak.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, and that's, that's it for the unique lyrics. Yeah, it's chorus, another chorus,
1: refrain another again. refrain
3: um yeah let's talk about
0: the the instrumentation here alex which like you already mentioned is that looping sample of basically the intro that ding
2: ding. yes dun, 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 bass dun. um yeah. the drums are definitely different of course i mentioned they were very snappy on that machine and they are yeah. um the strings are in it for most of the song yes but except for the second verse
0: that's right. It, uh, it cuts out for a bit. Cuts it's out for a, a little bit. Weird. I don't know and why. And we it does just that. get the lower kind of string sample in there.
2: Yeah. So why that one specifically? I have no idea. I don't know. Um, but it does that. It definitely does that. Um, the other thing I want to say, I, I thought the the wrapping. Mm-hmm. Rapping, I don't know. Why I said it like that. Um, the is like style professor. is yes. very yes. The rapping. Uh, the rapping, the style is very it's, it's or quite melodic. I thought fairly melodic mm-hmm. um, compared to some. Um, maybe it's just an earlier style. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like it has
0: '90s tone to it. The way he's like talking, but yeah, it is more melodic than other things to come from that era.
2: Yeah, so I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, it's a very he's got a great voice. Like I can't live a normal life. You're like, yeah, tell me about it.
2: That's true. Yeah, his de- his delivery is pretty strong. Yeah, phenomenal delivery. Uh he's really expressing the different lines. Um what else happens here? Cuz it is a lot of looping, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, so it, I, it really is like ultimately that loop, great raps, and then what's interesting LP. is that there is still a choir on the chorus. Um that choir is just large variety.
2: Many copies of LV.
0: Yeah, he there's some quote from him, he's like, I did every part of that choir from the bass all the way up to the top, and I'm like, that's, that's very cool. cool. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, he doesn't get a ton of opportunity to like show off vocally mm-hmm. in the chorus. He sounds good though. Yeah, he sounds good. What else is going on here, man? Um musically. Pff- I'm, music, like, I'm like, do like, I have more notes? Not really.
0: Not really. We still get some of that like kind of shaker inspired rhythm copying the bells from the original, that kind of ch mixed in there. Um there's, there's a kick drum with a bit of clap. It's like doom tap doom doom tap. Uh the bass is cool. <laughs> it's, uh, of course. Bass is just always cool. <laughs> the bass is cool. It's a great song for bass.
2: But that yeah, that's the song, man.
0: Yeah, and we exit on the choir.
2: We do, which is, of course, um, a large variety of
0: LV vocals. <laughs> of LV vocals. I cannot get over that. Um, that's it for that. Let's talk about the music video, which yeah, won an MTV movie. award. for. It's directed by Antoine... I'm going to say this last name long, but like Fuqua or... I think uh, it's
2: Fuku-a, Fukua.
0: Fukua. Okay, that I believe that. Antoine Fukua, the director of Training Day, among other uh, classic yeah. films. And doing yeah. films, I think, but but he's... also,
2: and I did not know this song mm-hmm. was like used as a tie-in for um,
0: Dangerous Minds.
2: Dangerous Minds, yeah. So like, I'm watching this music video, and then Michelle Pfeiffer comes out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and so apparently
0: they <laughs> were like worried because the movie was not testing well. Uh, Dangerous Minds. So they're like, we need to like like make sure this is a commercial hit. So Antoine. Fukua was like, here we'll make we'll tie in with this song that's on the soundtrack and make a dangerous minds inspired music video. Which was okay. not what uh Coolio wanted. He quote says, I wanted some lowriders and some shit in it. I was trying to take it hood. <laughs> and that's obviously not where it went. So what we get is like interstitials of uh movie footage, of course.
2: Yeah, a lot of movie footage.
0: But it's like uh, it's predominantly Michelle Pfeiffer walking down the hall of a scary school to a room with Coolio in it where she kind of like interrogates him as he sings the, the lines and then eventually the roles kind of get flipped. She's sitting in the chair while he's walking around her. Again, still singing about a gangster.
2: Well, she sits in the chair and like backwards. It's just right. Just...
0: Like a cool teacher. You want to
2: tell me what this is all about? That's right. <laughs> I just watched Murder on the Orient Express and she's in that okay it's dangerous minds
0: is very funny it's based on like a US Marines uh, like biography about how they came and and taught low income schools and like this was the scenario there and so the whole show is she like comes in the movie rather she comes in on like day two and teaches them karate as like a way to try and reach the kids and then eventually she like reaches them through poetry by getting them to study like Bob Dylan (laughs) Okay, which, which is funny, because like
2: these kids are not Bob Dylan fans they are it's, it's nineteen ninety like. yeah i i mean, it's I haven't seen it. But it's the type of movie that you often hear about as not having aged well.
0: Yeah, I, I cannot f-
2: comment on this movie specifically.
0: <laughs> I'm not even sure if it launched well. Like it made enough money having Michelle Pfeiffer in it, but and <laughs> all the t- reviews are time. like it's very stereotypical yeah. and like it, yeah. it hurts more than it helps with its its message. Yeah.
2: So, but this music video, so it's a this lot of video. like really harsh lighting yes. or like like, lots of dark, deep shadows. And you see that. You see Coolio. He's rapping in Michelle Pfeiffer's and similar lighting. <coughs> Shows a lot of shots from the movie. Yeah. Um, and then when LV is singing the chorus, it cuts to him. But it's, like, yep. very close in up like on a him. Yeah, in, like, a smoky room. Yeah. So, and, yeah, it's just lots of shots of, like, Coolio and Michelle Pfeiffer. And uh, at one point, there's a kid who gets sunglasses pulled off his face and is, like, so despondent after that happens.
0: Yeah. I mean, like that'd be me sunglasses. if somebody took my sunglasses.
1: Oh, no.
2: That's near the end, I think. Yeah. So, like...
0: Best rap video? Maybe, I guess. It's certainly oh, a more... Oh, inter-
2: already upset, and then he took it off, and it just reveals his just face. Anyway, reveals sorry. Reveals
0: his face. Oh, yeah. But, like, this is it. It's a pretty... Like, it's just a more, like... Oh, you know why he takes the glasses off the kid's face? Because it's the same glasses that Coolio has. So he's trying to save this kid from the gangster's paradise.
2: Oh, I see.
0: So there's layers to this video, Alex.
2: The kid's like, oh, oh my gosh. My sunglasses are
0: gone. My sunglasses. He's like, don't grow up to be like me, successful rapper Coolio.
2: And then there's a bunch of I mean probably important things in the movie cuz you see like people fighting and there's tears. Yeah, like cops and
0: there's like yeah, yeah, all this arrests
2: and she tries to prevent an arrest perhaps and yeah. So it's yeah. it's intense. It seems it's that intense, way. Intense, yeah. And then um, she leaves
0: at no the end and like happened. fades out. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh as far as movie tie-in videos go, it's more effort than they typically do. <laughs> I think there are some cool shots, good use of smoke and stuff. Uh, And it ties in with the the theme of the song as well. So what more can you ask for, Alex? I'll tell you what Um, you can ask for. Yeah. A cover of this song by Battery in 1996.
2: Yeah, Battery. This band's called Battery. It's pretty obvious, I think, which one it is. An electro-industrial band from San Francisco.
0: That's who these guys are?
2: Because the other one was like a death metal band or something like that. And that's not what this is. That's
0: not what this is. So you get, like, like basically everything synthed up and a little spooky in this one. We open with, like, soft synth noises, a little ambient. Then you get this repeating note. And then we hit that main sample again, but of course, recreated on different synthesizers.
2: Yeah, it's not a sample anymore. They're, they're making it on kind of, it's like a harpsichord synth of some sort, like harpsichord-like synth. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's also slower. And, yes. Uh,
0: you really hear that inner yeah. vocals, which are that kind of like new wave style, a little bit emotionally detached but, like, a lot of sustain going on with them.
2: They also... That part, like, the the sample cuts out for a bit in Gangsta's Paradise, the original, mm-hmm. but in this one it cuts out for, like, a while because they go, like, through verse 2 or half of verse 2 into verse half of verse 3 and then right. through a refrain and, like, that whole time it is... Um, it's not there. The structure of this one's interesting, because they, they're doing kind of a cut and paste sort of thing. Yeah. Like, they do verse one, but not the whole thing, only to the line and chalk line. Right. Then they do a chorus. Right, because that's um, when the
0: drums drop. With no so that's a very cool moment.
2: Yeah. And then they go into verse two, but from the fear ain't nothing. Actually, they changed that line a bit, I think. Because mm. the original line is... Uh, fool death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away but I think they say fear ain't nothing but a heartbeat away mm. I think you're um, right and then they say like I don't know it echoes I don't know that's closer to the end because the way things are going I don't know yeah I don't know it
1: echoes, I don't know
2: Um. <laughs> and then right into the third verse yeah which is, I think it's only part of the third verse or the third verse is just shorter <laughs>
0: Yeah, which is interesting that they do so much chopping and moving around because this is the longest version.
2: I guess they can't. I guess they won't. They do that I guess kind of they stuff.
0: Won't. That kind of yeah, somewhere between like beat poetry and like electronic music yeah. is where the vocals <laughs> hit sometimes.
2: And there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, synthesizer stuff. Like there's a bass synth. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you gotta have a bass synth. There's that harpsichord synth I mentioned, even though it's gone for a lot of the song. Yeah. Um. And it does do the, uh, the bass pattern,
0: yeah. And we get like some real I think instrumental breaks and like real crunchiness in the background. Like that industrial comes from like big drum hits and stuff. That's yes, where the it
2: definitely has rock. that industrial sound. The yeah. drum, the drums have so much reverb on them. Hmm. Um. And uh, they do have an actual string synth, and it, but it's just playing like harmony. You know, That's like right. ambient sounds.
0: Yeah. Um, they really milk that refrain, get a lot of space out of that. Tell me why are we so blind to see? She really like drags out every sentence there or yeah line there,
2: yeah, I think it even great. like that's how it ends too yeah right? as they they kind of cut down you know the music parts fade out during that as they do a refrain and just repeat that.
1: mm-hmm, um.
0: So yeah, this song gives us a lot of time to sit in the moodiness of the the Coolio lyrics, which are, as we talked about, like quite
2: quite stark, quite heavy. Yeah, I would say it's not traditionally gangsta sounding. No, this doesn't sound gangsta at all. Gangsta. <laughs> um, but it, it, it is just very moody, like you said. Did you say that? Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. But it is that for sure. So it definitely successfully creates a mood, and that mood is moody.
0: Yeah, and I think the industrial element gives it a little bit of that edge to stop it from being just, like, sad synth pop. Gives it a little bit of crunch to it. Helps it helps re- maintain a little of that
3: gangsta in a different light. That's my thoughts. Yeah. That's how I think sometimes. Um. Yeah. Pretty tight, though, Alex.
0: Let's talk about another big one here, though. Yes. Weird Al Yankovic in 1996. Then tonight we're gonna party like it's 1699. We've been spending most our lives living in an Amish paradise. A churn
1: butter once or twice. Living in an Amish
2: paradise. Weird Al. Weird Al. Yeah. Who we briefly discussed earlier.
0: Yes, so Weird Al, this is an interesting song. So when people talk about Weird Al, they're always like, oh, he always asks the artist for permission because he's a good boy. And that was true in 1996 as well. But the problem was, is he wasn't going directly to artists. He was communicating with the record labels. Right. So this actually sparked a a big, like a a small beef between Coolio and and Weird Al, where uh, Coolio spoke out against it after it was released, saying, I didn't give it any sanction. I think that my song was too serious. It ain't like it was Beat It. Beat It was a party song, but I think Gangsta's Paradise represented something more than that, and I really, honestly, and truly don't appreciate him desecrating the song like that. I think he's wrong for that, because his record company asked for my permission, and I said no, but they did it anyway. I couldn't stop him, but you know, more power to him. I hope they sell a lot of records. Just stay away from me. So he was pissed, and then Weird Al was like, well, hang on. I talked to the record label, and they said yes. So Coolio's record label actually did say yes. And uh, from this point onwards, that's why Weird Howl now always makes a point of talking to the artists themselves. Talking to
2: the artists themselves, yeah. Although I, it seems like they're okay.
0: Yes. <laughs> and it was like I it was saw a them, pretty small I saw beef. Video of them together. At the was it the one at the awards? Yeah. Where where he's got the Coolio hair? Where
2: he's got the Coolio hair?
0: Yeah so yeah there is a quote from him later he says in I think this is from an episode of Hot Ones he says in hindsight it was stupid of me to say something about uh, Weird Al doing a parody of Gangsta's Paradise I mean he did Michael Jackson he did Prince you know people who are definitely more talented than I am I think Prince <laughs> did say something but he wasn't very vocal about it like I was and it just made me look dumb it's one of the dumb things I did and I'm willing to admit I did something stupid
1: huh. Huh. There
0: you go. I think he's maybe a little too hard on himself there yeah. but I'm glad that they found some peace there
2: yeah, I'm glad I'm glad it didn't turn into, like, a fight, especially when, like, it was probably mostly just taken care of by, like, recording, like, labeled people, you know?
0: Yeah, it's mostly labeled people to blame. And then they're so... like,
2: oh, yeah, everyone's totally cool with it, and then uh, it turns out that's not the case. It turns out that's not. Because someone didn't ask someone else something. So, Alex, let's talk about this
0: musically first, because I think it is... Pretty simple. It's basically just a, a sample of Gangsters Paradise.
2: Yeah, it is Gangsters Paradise, right? Like I couldn't find any differences.
0: I couldn't find any differences, and then you get um, Weird which Al singing. Point.
2: Yeah, and he changes the lyrics,
0: and you get Weird Al singing in like a comedic kind of sometimes Midwest accent.
2: I didn't really pick up on the on that. Oh, don't you know there? Oh,
0: even Ezekiel, like it's very. I guess area. so. Okay, it's meant to be on. He's, he's clearly not singing like Weird Al. Um, let's rip through these, uh, lyrics, which of course are all funny. They're funny lyrics.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain, I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain, but that's just perfect for an Amish like me. You know, I shun fancy things like electricity. That's funny.
2: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) all of these are just comments on like things that either things that Amish people do or like jokes about Amish people. Jokes
0: about Amish people. So yeah, big things are like lack of technology, simple life are kind of like the big ones um at 4:30 in the morning I'm milking cows Jebediah feeds the chickens and Jacob plows fool and I've been milking and plowing so long that even Ezekiel thinks that my mind is gone yeah. um is Ezekiel reference to a specific biblical character or just like a dude named Ezekiel
2: I think there there is a book um of Ezekiel but I think it is just like the names are it's funny biblical, that they're biblical right yeah. so like they're like oh yeah that's what Amish people would and be named
0: exactly Things and so like instead Ezekiel of him and
2: Jebediah, which are old him fashioned him. sounding yeah, and also right. biblical
0: so yeah the joke there being that instead of him killing people it's, he just works so hard that Ezekiel's like whoa this dude works too hard and I'm Amish so like that's a lot of work
2: yeah I'm also like it's yep. a bit funny when he talks about how long he's been plowing for
0: that's yeah. Cause is it's that like, a
2: joke? I don't know. But I think so. Be. Why not? Even
0: even with Jacob Plus, there is actually a magazine in the uh, in the music video called That's like true. Amish Living, and it says Amish. something like "plow my field" on it.
2: <sighs> <laughs> yeah, see they they get some mileage out of those jokes.
0: Yeah, it's and really Weird Al thrives in the synthesis of his parody lyrics with the music video because that helps to punch up some of these yeah. jokes and yeah. really so land some Deliveries We will
2: definitely talk about the music. Video.
0: We will dive into that. Um, I'm a man of the land. I'm in discipline. Got a Bible in my hand and a beard on my chin. That's what Amish people look like. But if I finish all my chores and you finish line, then tonight we're going to party like it's 1699, a reference to Prince's 1999. But of course, they are technologically repressed, so they take it back 300 years. We've been spending most of our lives living in an Amish paradise. I've churned butter once or twice living in an Amish paradise. It's hard work and sacrifice living in an Amish paradise. We sell quilts at discount price living in an Amish paradise. They sell handmade goods. It's funny. Yeah. Um, verse 2 opens with my favorite line a local boy kicked me in the butt last week I just smiled at him and I turned the other cheek that is hilarious <laughs> that's very good <laughs> uh. I really don't care in fact I wish him well because I'll be laughing my head off when he's burning in hell but I ain't never punched a tourist even if he deserved it an Amish with a tood you know that's unheard of apparently I haven't seen uh, Witness the 1985 film with Harrison Ford but apparently he disguises himself a, as an Amish person at one point and punches out a tourist Apparently okay, that's a reference. so that's
2: a reference to, sorry, what movie? Witness. Witness, oh yeah. Harrison yeah. Ford's
0: 1985, Witness.
2: Not seen that movie.
0: Nor have I. I never wear buttons, but I got a cool hat, and my homies agree, I really look good in black, fool. They all wear black, they're Amish people, it's funny. Yeah. If you come to visit, you'll be bored to tears, we haven't even paid the phone bill in 300 years. They don't have phones out there. But we ain't really quaint, so please don't point and stare, we're just technologically impaired. There's no phone, no lights, no motor car, not a single luxury. Like Robinson Crusoe, it's as primitive as can be. That, yeah. a reference to, of course, not only Robinson Crusoe, but the Gilligan's Island, and credits theme.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, that one. Stranded St- on an Island. Stranded How on an Island. Soon? Not... Not doesn't have access to modern technology.
0: Exactly. It's as primitive as can be. We've been spending most of our lives living in an Amish paradise. We're just plain and simple, guys. Living in an Amish paradise. There's no time for sin and vice. Living in an Amish paradise. We don't fight. We all play nice. Living in an Amish paradise. That's fun. (sighs) Hitching up the buggy. Churning lots of butter. Raised a barn on Monday. Soon I'll raise another. Think you're really righteous? Think you're pure in heart? Well, I know I'm a million times as humble as thou art. I'm the pious guy the little omelets want to be like. Another great one. Small Amish people. Children. Amish children. Omelets. Um (laughs) like on my knee, days and nights, scoring points for the afterlife. Don't be vain and don't be whiny, or else my brother, I might have to get medieval on your hiney That's funny because they live in a technologically uh not advanced society, and getting medieval on somebody is is to to inflict harm. Yeah. Um we spend most of our lives living in an Amish paradise. We're all crazy Mennonites living in an Amish paradise. Uh Amish people are an offshoot of Mennonites, uh, a potentially more religiously strict. There's yeah, no
2: cops we have and traffic Mennonite lights. colonies in southern hey, Alberta.
0: Way to go, southern Alberta. At least
2: one. I think that's where we get our eggs from. Nice. Or that's where my mom used to get eggs from. Type that's case. tight. Um, there's anyway. no cops
0: and traffic lights living in an Amish paradise. We probably think it bites living in an Amish paradise. And the you know, outro they
3: go, Eck. Eck.
1: Eck. 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 yeah.
3: Yeah. Because they're sick of living in an Amish paradise as it turns out. Um, yeah. Let's talk about this video, I guess,
0: because that's the lyrics. Yeah, that's the video, the music.
2: it kind of just, like, depicts a lot of the things. Yes, yeah, so we open on a horse song, and buggy. The lyrics say.
0: We, uh, we see him in his field standing there looking cool, and then he tells us about his field. We get a shot of his wife, who I believe is from the Brady Bunch. It oh, is uh, Florence Henderson is featured in this video, and she is, I think, oh. the mother from the Brady Bunch.
2: Huh, I didn't so, uh, notice that.
0: So this is self-directed by, uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? Weird Al. Self-directed by Weird Al. Um, and so great moments when they shun electricity, it flashes on a bunch of people, just curb stomping some like electronics, smashing
2: a bunch of random electronics. Yeah.
0: Um,
3: he feeds the chickens pizza.
2: He does feed the chickens pizza. Um, when he's feeding the chickens early in the morning.
0: Yeah, um when he's churning that butter, a hot Amish lady walks by and he starts and he turning starts it turning faster.
2: faster. Yep. Good little masturbation joke.
0: Good little masturbation joke.
2: Um he does flip off some tourists. Yes, he does. He doesn't attack them, but he he flips yeah. them off. So, he has a bit of a tood. He does have a bit of a tood, You Ask me. But which is unexpected. Anyway. Um the phone that they haven't paid the bill for in 300 years oh, is tons very of dust dusty. On it. He Someone tries to use it and just shoots dust at him. That's right. Uh, They're raising a barn and it falls on him, but like falls around him, which I think is a Buster Keaton reference. Yeah, I think you're right. Also, just terrifying. I don't know if I would trust
0: to do that. It's like, yeah, we measured it out. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I'd be like, fuck, I don't know. Um, Um, You get the Amish... uh, the boys centerfold yeah the amish boys yep, looking reading the at magazine. i
2: think the magazine is called amish babes Amish, but babes. it's very blurry and hard to read
0: yeah this is uh it's a bit low qual
2: yeah um and then it does have a section where it references the original music video right with them i might be jumping way in ahead dark.
0: no that's i think that's fine alex
2: yeah I've been kind of cooking through
3: this
0: because we are already up at our 90 minute. <laughs>
2: oh, that's true. Oh, shit. We are, we are behind
0: But time. I think, you know, so that's basically the video. Yeah, There's references to the original. We see him, like, working a scythe and stuff. And then we get the choir at the end. They're all holding candles. And then they, they get sick of it and go, ugh. Yep.
2: There's uh, a bit where he takes his hat off. And he has Coolio-style hair.
0: That's right. That's classic.
2: A couple times. And, uh, yeah, choir at the end, singing the candles. And they do the... Uh,
0: Yeah, we've ripped through this, but I think it's a funny, I think it's a funny song.
2: Yeah, there's just not like a whole lot for us to say about it. I'm like, yeah, check it out. It's kind of silly and funny and you'll probably laugh, but like, I I could describe it to you,
0: but it's not going to be as good. I know, we basically just desiccated comedy by like (laughs) dissecting it. All this to say, it's a fun version. I think the most interesting part from our angle is the beef that it caused and then didn't cause. Yeah. Um so let's move on. Alex, do you wanna take on this Dutch name?
2: Yeah, sure. I looked up the uh, the pronunciation actually. It's uh Trentje Osterhouse. Been spending most their lives
1: living in the past time, paradise. Been spending most their lives living in the past time, paradise. Been wasting most their times glorifying the days.
2: Okay.
0: I would have got the first part I think, minus Trentie like the accenting, Osterhaus. but
2: What's yeah, this? my mom's maiden name has that UIS in it. So it's ah. not Oos, it's Oos. Oos. Cool.
0: Yeah. So this is 1999. This is a Dutch singer songwriter who formed a band with her brother before becoming a solo singer. She represented the yeah. Netherlands at Eurovision 2015.
2: 2015. So she's been around for a little while. There's a live version of this where I think she this sings. Is the live the, version? Um, there's a live version of Gangsta's Paradise where she ah. sings the chorus for Coolio. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And he performs the rest of it. Because this version
3: has
0: applause in it, so I think it is also live. Yeah,
2: yeah, it does seem live. But this is... Like,
0: yeah, this past is past time, time paradise.
2: paradise. Not gangsta's paradise. <laughs> For sure, yes. Um, This um, is kind of the not synth version, right? Yeah, so, I would like, say she that's the big has
0: change. Organic strings doing the parts.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and she's got like a bunch of backup singers mm-hmm. that join in several sections, both verses and the choruses. So there's a lot of that. Um, yeah. Even at the start, they kind of the reason that because like it sounds live, but it also sounds like it might be fake live because yeah, the beginning I that. is like people chatting, and it's like right. why would you put that in the
0: record? Exactly. Like we got to let people know that this takes place yeah. in a room with people.
2: Okay. Exactly. <laughs> why? Um. There's also there's a guitar part that's new. It's very <laughs> low, but there's a guitar part, and it's a yeah. bit weird. And I oh, I said oh yeah chorus guitar part. I think it's chorus effect. Okay. And it kind of plays throughout, um, but it's it's very low, so it's kind of hard to hear. And I didn't yeah. do any, put any timestamps in this one, so I can't. Is that tell you that a good part that, that
3: kind of sounds like a like a woodwind? If you go to, like, 20 seconds in, maybe.
1: Okay, I'll look for it. Let me yeah, see.
3: Yeah, you can hear it go high at
0: the 24. It's like...
2: No, I don't think so.
0: Okay. That's just something else.
2: I think that's actually a flute.
0: Okay. I believe that.
2: Yeah. Because um, she has clearly some other instruments with her. Although I didn't hear any brass. Yeah. No, I didn't either. Um, so I guess there's a band, but, or strings, at least, and maybe a flute player. Um... Oh, I do hear that guitar. You're right.
0: It is sparse, but it is there.
2: Yeah, so there's a guitar at at times. Um, It's a bit odd because it's so low in the mix. It's like, why is it even there?
0: Yeah, that is a question (laughs) for the ages.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I guess Um, the
0: big shift on this one is like bringing in more of that choir element and removing the synthetic element, which doesn't actually result in massive changes.
2: No, it doesn't feel very different.
0: Doesn't feel very different, but it is. Yeah, it's kind of neat.
2: And more involvement of the choir. Did you say that already? Yes. Okay. More choir, less synth. Yeah. In that, yeah, those like they fires come in super early, there. but they do do the "we shall overcome" part. That's right, they do at the end. Um, but yeah, so it's a little it's a little longer than the original. But I think just do they do the ending for longer or something. maybe
0: i think she gets a little more uh because she kind of punches it she does a lot of her like vocalizations (laughs) she
2: She gets kind of showy yeah uh which i can't really say about any of the other singers i would say even though like lv is probably i wouldn't even call that showy that's just like his style of singing yeah it's Um, in that
0: more r&b realm with lv so it it makes sense. It's
2: not like he does big runs or anything where she's actually like showing off, but she's just like good at singing (laughs) and that comes through. Not that she's not good at singing, but she also has her, her showy moments.
0: Mm -hmm. So ultimately it's kind of just like a, a solid live performance. Really? It's not unbelievable. It's not bad.
2: Yeah. It's just a pretty straightforward cover.
0: Yeah. Which is going to take us into Asia and Tony, Eberly in 2009.
1: Been spending most of their lives, living in the pastime, paradise. Been spending most of their lives, living in the pastime, paradise.
2: Yeah, I couldn't find a whole lot about them. They seem Basically, like a duo, a, like yeah. a middle aged duo that does. I mean, this is an acoustic cover, I assume, other acoustic covers as well.
0: Yes, yes, they're I think I read the phrase acoustic soul duo somewhere. And
2: oh yeah, that sounds right.
0: Sounds about right. I don't
2: know why I couldn't find anything about them. Probably uh, I was of I I had to,
0: I found to find Tony's like portfolio page online <laughs> where he like lists Asia and Tony as one of his things. Oh, I see. So he's the guitar player, Asia does the singing, yeah. they're American. Um and this one I think also has like a little woodwind or something. It's in
2: German. They're German. Oh. Germany. No, why is this in German? They're not Anyway, doesn't matter. It doesn't
0: matter. They won or participated in a U.S. songwriting competition, which is why I think they're American. I don't know if you can do that as a foreigner. Maybe you can. I don't know how strict these U.S. songwriter competitions are. Uh, So this one is really like kind of more classical leaning guitar. It's not your typical acoustic duo we talk about where he literally just plays rhythm guitar and then she sings the song and we call it a day.
2: Yeah, he's a little more involved. Yeah, which I I like to hear more than just the strumming. Yeah, uh, and it's like a nylon, like classical guitar, like you said, exactly. But like uh, classical guitar style, but also like nylon strings. Yes, and I think given the source of
0: the original riff coming from Bach, like the line from that to a classical guitar, kind of is bringing a, it back is pretty cool. easy. Yeah.
2: But it does sound... I mean, it's not like they are um, imitating that string part or anything. No, you not fully. He's slowly. like finger-picking, which yeah. you'd expect from classical guitar style. Um, and it's kind of three sections. Yeah. So there's the chorus, the post-chorus, and then the verses. And when she sings the chorus, he's kind of picking slower. And then getting to the post-chorus, picks really fast. Yeah. Like like chaotically. Yeah. So yeah,
0: there is like a a good use of guitar. Um and he brings in strange like on the chorus, it's I mean rather on the verse, it's like uh almost more like,
2: of like an arpeggio.
0: Yeah, this sort of like relaxed music, like I would play it on a beach or something, like at a resort.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a jarring switch to that one because yeah. the rest of it feels like we're getting so chaotic and there's so many things happening, and then it's just like gentle arpeggio.
0: Yeah, it is odd because um, yeah, the others play with like a bit of tension even in the softness of the strings. It's like okay, there's something boiling here, and then it, it boils into relaxed arpeggios. You're like hmm, okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but it's definitely a different feeling, particularly, I mean, it kind of has like a bossa yeah, 100 rhythm 100%. and like there's a shaker going on. Uh, there's yeah. also clearly like a few guitars. Yeah. It's definitely some on. layering. Um, so it's not just two people and on the vocals as well. Um, but yeah, it's a, I think a decent rendition. It sounds a little to me more like, like they're pleading, you know, mm. because the song is about, it is past time paradise cover. If we didn't say that already, right, yeah. did we say that? I think we did. Um, anyway. So it's, you know, talking about changing uh, the path to the future, right? Mm-hmm. This one feels like they're to me anyway, that's how it sounds like more. Le- the original is more so like, these are the, our two options. Um, let's think about this. And clearly, you know, one is the way to the future we want versus this one sounds like, please please take the right path kind of thing. I don't know why it sounds that way, but that's what I got out of it.
3: I
0: yeah, I kind of get some of that. It's uh maybe it's in her delivery or maybe something in the whole delivery like this acoustic and her she does do a lot of like actual like punching of the vocals like she does some big ups and downs, there's a little more emotion thrown in than in the original which has that more balanced approach. So maybe it's just some of those delivery methods are a little more pleading than then Stevie Wonders which is kind of like laying it out and saying like well this is this is your options you yeah. take the red pill you, you, et cetera blah blah Pastime paradise you take the blue pill future paradise maybe that's it Alex but I know what it is now it's time for our final verdicts we we'll got three categories today the worst version the best version and the version that you would play at your own personal paradise my
2: own personal personal paradise
0: okay. yes um, Alex, worst version of this. What is this?
2: What is the worst version of this? Um, I didn't really find any of them like to be terrible. I'll probably give it to Trentia just because it's, um, I don't know, the least interesting. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Um, also, you're supposed to roll that R. I can't really do the rolled R. Trentia. 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 Sounds like... T- anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I think I'll
0: agree. You're right. It's just like the least exciting it's not even bad it's fine yeah it's good even like it's, it's like just... oh,
2: the other ones have a, a claim to something versus this It's just a straight cover a straight cover yeah alex what's the best version of this this version this is weird how we like how I do you do pick this any of them that isn't stevie wonder is that basically yeah i'd say that's fair <laughs> Because um, really, there's only one Gangsta's Paradise cover. There's several Pastime Paradise covers. And like, where does Amish Paradise fit into it? I guess that would be probably under Gangsters Paradise. Uh, yeah.
0: So if you want to do one for each, one for Pastime, one for for Gangsta's, I'll accept that as well.
2: I'm just going to say, um, I'm going to say Battery, because I'm not picking any of the original versions. Sure. This one's weird. I'm going to say Battery, because it's weird and industrial.
0: Yeah, I thought it it yeah. landed the plane that it set up, and it was a strange yeah. plane. I liked Battery's version, and I, I might even come back to it. And yeah, obviously, like Coolio's version's incredible. Steve Wonder's yeah. is great. Weird Al Yankovic, a lot of fun.
2: Mostly out of confusion, I'm picking
0: Battery. I'll allow it, Alex. Alex, your personal paradise. You set up paradise.
2: Wait, did you also pick Battery for? I your did. Favorite? Yes. Okay. Cool. Uh, personal Paradise. I mean, what is playing there? Uh, it's probably a lot of reggae. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but that's just what happens, I think. Hell yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be Panache Culture.
0: Panache Culture. Alex, a big reggae freak, as we've learned oh, yeah. over the years. Great sure. choice.
2: That's my paradise. For me personally, it's
0: going to be the one that breaks into sort of lounge resort music partway through, and that's the, the Asian Tony Eberly version. Give it to me, baby. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, we're relaxing. Great. Fantastic. That's our final verdict. So if you got a different opinion, similar opinion, want to talk about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake Cressy, at some Alex Send us comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. We always listen to you. You can email those to us as well. At CoverMePod at gmail.com talk to us there. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Get us up to a four stars on goddamn Spotify. We're still at 3.8. Help us out, man. We're not that bad. I mean, the 3.8's objectively pretty good. I get that, but we want more people to listen. They won't listen to a 3.8 or come on, at least hit four. Um, That said, hey, if you want to not rate us, I guess. No, rate us, you bastards. Tell us, <laughs> give us give us feedback so we can be better. On uh, that, that's it. You're the marketing budget as well. Tell your friends about us. Tell your enemies. Tell your family, loved ones, coworkers, whoever. And that does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say Uncover Cover Me, they keep telling of the day when Cover Me will come to stay.